and welcome to the Three Plain Sports Podcast. Just three plain guys from the Great Plains talking a lot of sports, some sports betting, and maybe doing a little drinking along the way. I am your host and producer, Dylan, joined by two guys who both just lost money on Marquette. First, resuscitating a future mass bomber at his local pool, Champa Bay superfan and Three Plain Sports Twitter manager, Colin. Good evening. Finally, reading a certain self-proclaimed life coach's musings on Twitter, NASCAR analyst and president of the Devin Hester fan club, Sam. Thank you, Dylan. We'll be revisiting Devin Hester. <laughs> uh, so I want to jump right to the pregame that's actually related to the little intro I just did. Why did you both pick Marquette Moneyline tonight? Uh, we are recording this on Tuesday, February 7th, and... Marquette just lost to UConn. Actually, got no. Nah, I wouldn't say waxed, but lost pretty badly to UConn. Why? They got they got waxed. UConn had just been playing real poor um, overall in conference play. It seemed like, and I just didn't feel. I mean, I didn't try. I don't. Tr- I didn't trust them at all. And I thought there was a good chance that Marquette took care of business, but instead. They got, I believe, one of their top scorers in foul trouble early, and he did absolute fuck all. So that did not help. But UConn, I mean, barely beat Georgetown, who's an absolute dumpster fire of a program. Uh, They've been losing a fair amount of their other games that they should be winning. So just thought that they were going to underperform again against what is a good Marquette team, and I was wrong. Yeah, I, I thought it was a good value play as well. Sort of the same mild skepticism about UConn and Marquette's a top five offense in the country. They're they're just exciting. I've always also had a little bit of a soft spot for them going back to like Vander Blue and Jimmy Butler, Jay Crowder days. Uh, Vander Blue is a little more recent, but I like I like Marquette and I felt good about them tonight. Regret as now. somebody who follows the Big East a little bit. I- despite being a top five offense, I feel like Marquette is not the Marquette team we've seen maybe last year. So I, 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 UConn's up. I think Marquette's down. So eh, that was, yeah, I, I wouldn't have taken that. And actually I took him the opposite way on a teaser. Now granted that didn't matter. I didn't have to take the teaser obviously, but uh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, Marquette has just been handling business compared to uh, UConn. I mean, they were winners of at least five straight beat the shit out of some similar opponents on the road recently. So just felt like it was good value. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Colin, you work in retail sales. Uh, Unfortunately. Do you guys have have metrics or targets or, you know, yeah, basically targets you're supposed to hit? Not really. It is what it is, man. That's That's one of the nice things is I don't have to go there and, pressure or push any product particular product if i do not care to i mean i definitely have personal preferences but that's different so you know who does now have uh targets they have to hit that would be brian ferentz offensive coordinator for the iowa hawkeyes uh he has been given basically a new con not a new contract but an ultimatum to win seven games which seems pretty I don't know. That seems kind of low, but then here's how low the bar is for the Iowa offense. His target is 25 points per game. Let me just put that in perspective for you. He has to hit, he has to average 25 points per game next season to keep his job. That ties him for 85th this year with Arkansas state. That's how low the bar is. 
See, I did not know that. I was sort of thinking that was a high bar just because of how shit they were, but I didn't. I definitely was not thinking of it in the grand scheme of all of uh, college football and where that actually stands. That's just uh, that. That's almost like I was thinking this when I read this. Like, why would you make that public? Because there's no good. There's nothing good that comes about this if you're a fan or if you're in the media. You're just going to spend the entire season reporting on where he is on on his his average points per game and where he stands with his contract. But really, what I'm hoping is this means that Nebraska and Iowa. I think this is the last year that they play uh, their last game of the year against each other. I think it switches next year unless the Big Ten changed that. But what I'm I'm picturing is a five and six Nebraska team goes into Iowa City against a like a, a six and five Iowa team where they need to score over 25 points to for Brian Ferentz to keep his job and uh, Nebraska wins 27 to 24 and Brian Ferentz gets like gets fired on the field <laughs> I mean it'd be effectively be that. At the 50 <laughs> <laughs> probably what you wish they did to fucking uh whatever uh dipshit that just Scott got Frost. fired yes yeah, Scott, Scott Frost, Frost. <laughs> I, I agree, Dylan, on the, specifically on the point of, of <clears throat> why the hell is that public knowledge? I, 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 I don't know if it's weird or not to for a guy to be given an ultimatum like that when he's not succeeding in a job, but it certainly is rare or almost unprecedented maybe for it to be That's just bad. publicly put out there with a, a, a tangible black and white number you better do this or your ass is gone so is this better or or is this worse than the kyler murray study clause <laughs> <laughs> not, that i think kyler's is honestly more embarrassing just because of oh. like the nature of like video games like specifically like <laughs> that, that he's, he just has to be fucking but but here's the difference. Like that, but here's the difference. Kyler Murray is generally good at his job. We would say so. It's that's, I would that's say fair. it's less embarrassing because it's, he's generally good at his job. I guess for me, it's Kyler has an image to uphold that Brian Ferentz does not, and 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 really has already blown in Ferentz's case. So like it is embarrassing, but it also just is pretty like well, I fucking hope they're telling him to score some points or he's out the door. Yeah, it's like it, it like, almost. It's he's a guy that just gave three hundred million dollars to or whatever, and they're they're like, but we kind of also think that you're a lazy bitch, so work on that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's why I think Dallin's almost a bit more because yeah, it's like all right, that's fucking weird that it's been publicized, but it's also not absurdly just like strange metrics that they're requesting. I mean, Scott Frost's ultimatum that was not public until after he got fired uh, was to make a bowl game, and he didn't even get that far. He, like they didn't even let him attempt that after that Georgia Southern game. So, <laughs> yeah, it's just that, that's that's it's hilarious. Um, God knows if it'll actually happen. I'll, I mean, I wouldn't say I'll be impressed if they do over twenty five a game. He's just got to be gassing the starters in the early three chump uh, games they play that they run it up as much as they can so he's got some cushion when he's got to play real opponents later in the season who's the who's the quarterback who just trained uh he's going to be so far up jg mccarthy's ass all off season and all season it's going to be great yeah let's just look up who they're playing yeah, the he, first he, three think, uh because okay so they got oh they don't exactly have okay utah state 
Iowa oh, State, <laughs> and then Western Michigan. I would not say that those are that fucking just cakewalk games uh, to just start the year out to be able to do that. You're not getting a FCS opponent to really boost those numbers. Yeah, so I guess we'll see. I think it'll be funny because now we have we'll have there'll be like some Twitter account or like you know there'll be somebody posting weekly updates on Sundays after their games. Well, here's where Brian Ferentz stands on keeping his job every single week and that'll be entertaining to watch. Um something else that I think you guys might be uh you guys might be interested in. So this past Sunday, I know I talked about it on the podcast during the betting segment. This past Sunday started the NASCAR season for the Cup Series. And they, it was the Clash at the Coliseum where they had a, this short little quarter mile track inside the LA Coliseum, if you can imagine that. Uh, it, was, it was a little bit of an entertaining deal for part of it I watched. But would you, either of you, be able to guess who the Grand Marshal for this event was? Dylan, I have not even the slightest guess at who the Grand Marshal was for this remarkable display of athleticism. Lincoln Riley is, I feel like, a lot. Collins close. No, no, your Heisman winner, Ow. Caleb Williams, got to got to say start your engines uh, to all those amazing better athletes than soccer players who are about to start that race for 150 and, miles of that. And what do is... a little checkered flag nail painting. <laughs> I did not watch, but maybe that or it's just it's fuck dale painted on it oh my god no that's this coming weekend <laughs> daytona's this weekend he's not going down to Daytona. he's gonna do his work where he can uh, uh <laughs> i had something else to say but i just fucking lost that so uh oh no no it's because it's because a heisman winning athlete recognizes real athleticism and he wanted to be involved i'm sure he, he also got, got paid a, an absolute fuck oh, I'm time sure. to do it i'm sure he got paid there was, an absolute there was a fuck guarantee time. he could not total. name more than over one and a half on active racers he could have named oh he could have uh yeah, I don't uh, know. Chase Elliott and Kevin Harvick are still are still Jack racing. Jimmy They've been around for decades. And that was about it. What? <laughs> How confident really are you that Caleb Williams could have said Kevin Harvick's name off? I, I, I feel like you're out of touch, dude. If you think Caleb Williams but, would just be pulling Kevin Harvick talk out of his ass, I'm imagining he probably had to meet some of the some of the drivers so he probably yeah. could name like the last two he talked to yeah after me yeah oh, after the about- event yes a week prior no not a well, chance you didn't, you didn't say you didn't say when i mean it's implied oh, obviously I- he's fucking he's he's gonna he's gonna shake some hands while he's there i mean does it does he have to does he have to say like like current race current drivers or yes, could they be retired drivers yeah, oh, that's yeah, he's active. yeah he could he could probably have told you jeff gordon or whatever is he is he still going <laughs> no he's no, long gone look at me fucking i know i know my nascar didn't here. jimmy johnson Obviously. even retire recently or is he just in a different car i think i think jimmy johnson's been uh either this is his oh, life oh, you don't know your sport buddy <laughs> Oh, it's not my sport. I just think I don't really follow it that closely. I just think it's interesting that we have a sports podcast. This is you off. Uh, Caleb Williams was the lone athlete at that <laughs> entire event. That's why he met all the drivers because they were signing up to have them autograph their stupid fucking racing gloves. <laughs> <laughs> like, teach me how to throw a spiral with one of these, Caleb. To be honest, I guarantee hey, you. Hey, watch none of me those do drivers. a spiral in my car. 
None of of those drivers watch fucking USC football, I guarantee it. The ones who do, it's going to be like Tennessee. So they're just both (laughs) looking at each other like, who the fuck are you? Yeah, like point, point like the, uh, yeah, like the, uh, you think the the Spider-Man meme? Point at each other. (laughs) Athlete. They both recognize athletes. I will say, so I did, I was, I was talking to my coworker today about the whole, which one's a better athlete. And because you just, you said race car drivers, which has a little more like that involves NASCAR. He, he said, you don't see a fat soccer player. You will see fatter drivers, but almost all soccer players are in phenomenally good shape. You mean you have fat offensive linemen? I know. I mean, yeah, but we also just don't respect NASCAR. Um, oh. I mean, there are other racing series besides NASCAR. There are, but... No ones either. <laughs> oh, fuck you. I, yeah. Okay. I'll start to give you a, like, a, a hair of credit when you get into like maybe dirt biking, doing tricks and shit where you've really probably got to get your core into it. I'll give you that. But I'd any say... motherfucker sitting on a seat, two hands on a wheel, just driving on a flat track is is not an athlete you need to you need to read up on how much like f1 drivers have to train like like train their bodies you you did this exact shit you did this exact shit last week no i i I believe you that lewis hamilton did p90x or some shit i i i I don't give a fuck dude there he's 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 sitting in his chair and he's whatever all right, on to slow pitch, fast pitch, where I give each of these guys takes. Uh, the slow pitch is supposed to be an easy take, hopefully an easy buy, whereas the fast pitch is supposed to be uh, maybe a blazing hot take. Uh, one guy got each of these pitches ahead of time. The other one has to blind react to the other. So let's start with the slow pitch. It's supposed to be the easy take. Okay, so Kyrie and Luca make Dallas a title contender. Colin? I sell that take, and here's why. I just, one, I just, you can't, I don't trust Kyrie. Like, he's not a bad player, obviously, but God knows what the fuck is going on in his head at any point. Okay, Kyrie also has a lot of mistrust for certain groups. (laughs) So, (laughs) so yeah, it's just like you don't, well, the owner of the team (laughs) they may be at odds real quick but like it's also a rental effectively what he's got he's got till the end of the year he can walk at the end of the year and i just i don't think he's going to be a good fit with luca um it's just i don't know the two very much primary ball handlers it, it can work but with how just my uh, just sporadic Kyrie is if Kyrie just you know puts his head down and focuses on the rest of the season they could be but I didn't like Dinwiddie and uh Dorian Finney-Smith who they did send were pretty decent contributors to their team and like Dinwiddie was able to like uh, he's obviously not as good as Kyrie but he was putting up quite respectable numbers and was reliable for him so it's just I don't know how well they'll fit together. One thing that I will note that is technically not within this take but needs to be acknowledged is I really respect the Nets owner for straight up saying I'm not fucking trading. I didn't fucking trade him to where he wanted to go. Uh, 
and not like he, cause what, you know, he's like, I wasn't going to send him to the Lakers. Fuck that. I don't like pretty much saying if you're going to fucking leave, I'm not going to make it, you know, send you where you want to go and help you out, pal, especially with how much shit Kyrie has stirred for the nets while he's been there. I, I thought that was fucking hilarious. Colin Twitter manager going to start retweeting Kyrie tweets. Jesus Christ. No. I, you know, yeah, I, uh, we'll slowly lose our, our immense following. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm going to claim that the account got hacked if we start fucking retweeting the, the, his and, shit. You uh, need to start start sharing uh, informational films about the the Black Hebrew experience. God, <laughs> uh, I, I actually, as somebody who doesn't really follow the NBA, and you guys haven't done a very good job this year of making me give a shit. Uh, I just saw this, uh, read somebody that has a sports name that that put up this take, and I thought, hey, this is perfect for the podcast. Sam, what do you think? Um, I, I'm like lukewarm on the take. I'm not going to totally sell it because we've seen that Luca pretty much on his own has been able to win playoff series against good teams in the West. It's a wide open kind of year. There's not a team that I think is overwhelmingly too good, but I certainly don't think Dallas is like a favorite. Um, I do think they can work together. Like they, there's been a ball handler guard pretty much there next to Luca the whole time. Not as good as Kyrie, but the guy who still takes a lot of shots and holds the ball a lot with like Dinwiddie. Um, they tried it with Kemba Walker. They had Jalen Brunson last year. Um, I'm, I'm kind of on it. I think that they have about as good a chance as anyone. The, the big asterisk on that though, is that they maybe are not done at the deadline here in these next couple days. I've seen some rumors that they might be interested in trying to land Deandre Ayton who could still be available because everyone knows the sun's sure not that high on giving him the contract he's now on. Um, so it's, it's a lot to be seen with Dallas. I do think it's a risky trade. Like Colin said, it's a rental. He very well could stay, but he certainly is not uh, dependable if he tells you, oh, totally, I will. <laughs> Let's revisit this in the offseason. I mean, he <laughs> turned around and then said, fuck you to Boston right after doing that. So uh, and Just like a week ago was saying how, like they were talking about extensions with, in Brooklyn, and next thing you know, he's like, I want the fuck out yeah, of here. He said, I can't leave my man seven anywhere. And then he said, get me the fuck out of town like a week later. But uh, – <laughs> Dylan, I'll, I'll admit you're right. We haven't done a good job making you give a shit about the NBA. Partly, I would say because the NBA has done a poor job making me give a shit about the NBA. So it's really hard for me to dig extra deep and, and sell you on that. However, tonight is actually a huge night in the NBA. All the world's eyes are on the NBA as we find out if any of the Chicago Bulls will be shot by John Morant and his... Uh, his posse on the way out of Memphis tonight at FedEx Forum. I hear, I hear it's risky waters. But uh, in addition to that, LeBron James is going for the all-time scoring record against the Thunder. He just needs 36, <laughs> and that game tips off here in like 20 minutes. So there, there's a little bit of NBA intrigue this evening. Okay, well, we're going to touch a little bit more on the NBA a little later in the night. But first, I want to get to the fast pitch which is supposed to be my blazing hot take. And I think I did a really good job of coming up with a hot take this year with, with a little bit of a supporting argument. So I think that Jalen Hurts is going to lead the Eagles to a Super Bowl, Super Bowl victory on Sunday. But after that, his career is going to take a nosedive immediately. Sam? 
so I I kind of I thought this was an interesting take. I actually independently uh, before you had sent me this earlier in the week had kind of been just pondering on on his future as I had seen some headlines about how the Eagles are going to be trying to extend him as quick as possible so that like they don't have to match the dollar amounts that are going to be set by like Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson when they sign their contracts. So I, I was kind of thinking about, you know, like where, where he's come to in his career and I could see how the door would be open for this to happen. Dylan, I don't want to buy it. I think Jalen hurts has pretty much, he he's, a great guy like he's 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 done everything the right way and he has taken a big step forward this year as a passer that will help him stick in the league the volume maybe is not still quite there he's also playing in a, on a great team a great system behind a, a fantastic offensive line so you can kind of see where where he could theoretically regress and not be able to uphold an mvp level of play um over the course of a long career but I kind of I think he's going to stick in the NBA or sorry in the NFL better than say Carson Wentz did. If you want to look at another guy who you know he didn't lead the Eagles to a Super Bowl, but he had his name thrown around in MVP conversations that year where they ultimately won the Super Bowl. Obviously, that's going to be a big difference between the two if Jalen wins it and Carson didn't personally go out and win that Super Bowl. But we saw Wentz's career pretty much nosedive from that point forward. And if that's what you're envisioning, I don't see that for Jalen Hurts. Right. So that's exactly where this comes from is if you look at, you know, your, your recent Eagles quarterback history, once they've had some success, they don't ever replicate, they're not even replicate it. They just have zero success ever again. So you have, okay. Uh, Carson Wentz is the, uh, is the obvious one. Uh, you have Nick Foles, who was, I think he was a little bit solid after that Super Bowl win, but that it's not like he's done anything in his career since then. And it's not that he has to make it to another Super Bowl. It's just that he's been, he, he started a few games and then quickly became a backup again. So it's just, and it's not even that like he's, he's going to like be shitty all of a sudden. It's just his career is going to stall out. If you look, like I said, this is purely historical. This is not like an in-depth analysis of Jalen Hurts and what he brings to the table. I just thought it's kind of an interesting scenario that we're seeing yet again on the Eagles with an intriguing young well, or old quarterback. So, <clears throat> Colin, what are your thoughts? Um, It depends all, I think, on how long they can retain their weapons, which I think they're pretty well set on. Um, I don't... No, I think AJ Brown just got a massive extension or what after he got traded, if I'm not mistaken. And yeah, he did. See. Thought that's so. why he was traded as the Titans didn't think he was worth the money. That's what. That's exactly what I thought, but I just couldn't remember. And then Devonte Smith is also good and under a rookie contract, I believe. And I did say his name right today, so that that's correct. That's always a, <laughs> on both counts. So, it's always a good plus. Um, yes, sir. The running back situation is fine. That could be fluid. They can pick someone up off in the off season. I think the weapons around him are there. You know, you may see maybe the line regress, but I don't. I don't think some some catastrophic injury. I think would have to occur for him to really. I think have his uh, career derailed after this year. Which is not um, out of the question with somebody who puts himself out there for hits more than the average that's, quarterback. That's definitely say. true. I just I think they at least their weapons on offense, both wide receivers and Dallas Goddard at tight end, are secure for another at least year together, if not two. So 
I don't, I don't think it'll take, you know, I mean, you winning a Super Bowl, it's pretty hard to stay fucking up on the way on that platform. And there's very few occasions where you actually go upwards, but I don't think it'll be a fucking nosedive. I don't think it'll be a Falcons win probability chart. <laughs> uh, that's uh yeah, there we go. More Super Bowl jokes. Uh, we'll, we'll probably get into that one later because Colin wants to change up one of his segments hers. later in the night. Yes. So, okay. I mean, I don't want to discuss it more, but I will discuss it more. <laughs> All righty. Jalen hurts. Like going to lead the Eagles to a Super Bowl victory. Hopefully not completely ruin his career shortly after shortly uh, thereafter so we're, we're gonna jump obviously back into the nfl because this is going to be our super bowl uh, extravaganza episode not really but uh first i do want to jump back into the nba because we have pretty much neglected it since one of our early episodes where we did superlatives where i had to talk out of my ass about things that i had no fucking clue what i was going on about and do a lot of quick research but I've been told that Sam and Colin want to talk about the NBA for some unknown reason. So uh, who wants to get us started? I, I didn't write down in my notes which one of you wanted to get started. I think it was Sam. Yeah, I'll go ahead and take it. So we're just checking in on the NBA. It's, it's a good time to do so as uh, we're coming up on the trade deadline this week, I believe Thursday afternoon. Um, it's typically the NBA, if they do one thing right, it's typically drama and the trade deadline is a big part of that. We've seen some extremely active deadlines in recent years, tons of deals getting made. I will say that's not the climate right now is what people are reporting. It doesn't seem like this is going to be the most explosive deadline in the last handful, but there's there's some stuff to keep an eye on. So like you have the Toronto Raptors where there's like these sort of cloudy reports of numerous players being unhappy, numerous players being available. Um The Bulls, which I don't care to get into that much, but the Bulls are a big question mark around the league right now. People don't know if they're going to blow the whole team up or if they're going to try and make a push for a 10 seed, (laughs) a heroic play in defeat. The Bulls, a question in the league currently, a question in the league in the past, and a question in the league in the future. Pretty accurate. I wish I was uh, I was around for those Jordan years because so is Derek Rose still around? That's that's the last thing I remember about the Bulls. He's uh, he's not on the Bulls. He's playing. Ironically, he's still playing for Tom Thibodeau. Third different oh. city. He's he's done it in. Uh, but he is unfortunately out of the rotation in in New York. They are trying to do right by him allegedly and find somewhere to play him or trade him where he could play. But uh, it's starting to kind of wear out for Derrick Rose, unfortunately. Fred Hoiberg um, also doing his best Chicago impression in, in uh, Lincoln right now. So, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's unfortunate. He uh, he is well past his heyday as a head coach, it seems. <laughs> but uh, yeah, just looking at a couple of trade possibilities, like the, the, some candidates to keep an eye on, I would say OG Anunoby is kind of the, the biggest one right now. He's not necessarily the best player, but he feels like the most likely to be traded. He's really valuable in today's league just because he plays damn good defense. He can switch and he knocks down threes consistently. So every contending team pretty much wants him. Supposedly Toronto wants a King's ransom. Fred Van Vliet could be available as well. Supposedly the Clippers are interested. The Lakers might be. The Lakers still need to do something. Uh, Russell Westbrook may you know, just finish out his contract there, but all the fans want him out. LeBron wants him to get fucking traded and is happy to go public and talk about how disappointed he is that they couldn't go ship his ass out of town for Kyrie Irving. So 
I mean, I, I, I think there's a lot that still could go down in these next couple of days. So, so not knowing a whole lot about the NBA besides like the chatter, either I hear from you guys or just like scrolling through some of the news outlets. Is Russell Westbrook just a complete just fraud and like, or, or, or like, does he just not work with the Lakers or is this, because at one point, obviously he was like a major contributor at the thunder when we were in college. And, and that's, that's how I came to know of him. And is he just, is he just, did he finesse us all? So oh, fuck in, no, in my opinion, no, I will say he, his best days are well behind him, but he is the, he is the absolute scapegoat for the Los Angeles Lakers. I mean, the, he is a bad fit. That's a huge part of it. I personally was saying this was a terrible trade from the day they made it. It never made sense on paper beyond just, oh, let's get superstar players and big names and win a championship because they're good. Um, LeBron, I mean, ushered in the era of like heliocentric offense. I have the ball every damn time and I'm going to the basket and either scoring or kicking out to his shooter. And the players that he gets on his team need to be able to sort of work with that. And Russell Westbrook does the exact same thing essentially for OKC, or that's what he he did his whole career for OKC, Houston and Washington. And he's not an off ball player at all. He can't shoot as a spot up three point threat. It's a horrible fit. The Lakers brought it on themselves. It was obviously going to go South LeBron and Anthony Davis brought it on themselves they they were very involved in hand picking that trade, trading all their depth and role players for one more star who's a bad fit. And now the whole media, the, like you, you're right, Dylan. What you see on social media paints the picture that Russell Westbrook is just the biggest piece of shit, waste of money, and he is overpaid. But it was just an obvious mistake from the get go, and all the blame that he gets and the hate that he gets out there is just over the top and it's basically people just flailing, lashing out because LeBron is wa- choosing to waste his twilight of his career on a shitty Lakers team that he assembled. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's his hand-picked fucking team. You reap what you sow. Get the fuck out of here blaming Russ, who has taken a fucking... He, he went to the bench for the fucking team. Like, he has sacrificed... And obviously, he's not played as well as he used to, but he has sacrificed, you know, his image for this shit. He's been, you know, the best team player fucking possible, and there might just be a little bit of bias into that statement. But, I mean, he's still off the bench having 16 points a game, seven and a half assists, and six rebounds. And he's just scapegoated any time possible when, you know, he, you should probably be blaming your fragile pussy boy of a fucking power forward Anthony Davis or fucking LeBron for picking that shit and putting Russ in just such a shit situation that it's, it's not his fucking fault at all. I think it, it's been just abhorrent how he gets treated. And I mean, again, he hasn't played as well down the stretch lately, but that is not at all, all his fault. And the Lakers roster in general, we, we don't have to spend too much more time on the Lakers and be, you know, be like ESPN doing Lakers hour every afternoon. <laughs> but uh, the the fact of the matter is the roster sucks. I mean, they play they play fringe NBA guys. Dylan, if you remember Oklahoma's Austin Reeves, yes, he gets big yes. minutes. I remember his name. From and we he's had not this- even that bad. I'm not even hating on him, but like he is overexposed in that role. The Lakers are, are trying to hey, hey, win he's a titles. Good fundamental. With... He's a good fundamental. <laughs> he guy. is. He's a student of the game, truly. Real gym but, rat. Uh, uh, first one in, last one out for sure. But uh, 
you know, it's it's a shame because Russell Westbrook is the lightning rod for all this blame for just a shit show of a roster that's put together around LeBron and his Elden years, and people just want to find someone to blame for him not winning five and six like Michael Jordan could. Was was Austin Reeves the guy who looks like Larry Bird? That no, you're Brady thinking Manic. of Randy Manick. Ah, oh, that's right. Austin Reeves, Reeves came was a in guard, after but he Trey was like, Young. Yeah, okay. Reeves was like create a player one in NCAA basketball. <laughs> he's he's been play, like he's hurt right now, but when he's played, he's been like off the bench, just scoring. Fucking, he play he's played pretty damn well. He was like a either undrafted or a super like a late second rounder, and he has overperformed quite a bit, and it's quite nice to see. I think Brady Manick's like selling insurance these days. I think he's playing overseas. Oh, okay. Lame. He's probably Which, still getting bodied by David McCormick down low in whatever <laughs> Turkish league they both wound up in. Um, he's in Australia. Oh, he's playing bad. for the Perth Wildcats. And he still has the beard. <laughs> Dude, speaking of you, uh, well, speaking of Brady Manick, I would like to point out that UNC has had, like, this college basketball, obviously has put up an absolute shit show of a fucking season, which is hilarious when Brady was the only, like, was he the only starter that didn't come back? Like, Baycock came back. All these motherfuckers. R.J. Davis. Leaky uh, Black. Black, um, All of these motherfuckers came back. uh, Fucking Manic couldn't, and they are dog shit. They, I mean, they ended up coming back a little bit today against, uh, uh, Wake Forest, but man, they're getting smoked by like twenty five at some point during that fucking game. It was a fucking joke. In they fairness to good. them, they were kind of dog shit last year too, and they weren't. They, I mean, weren't they like an eight seed when they made it to the championship game and damn near took out my Jayhawks in it? I mean, they haven't really shown that they can actually put together a, a good dominant regular season. They just had a hell of a tournament run, and I feel like them being ranked as preseason number one was an overreaction to that just based on what they put on tape for 30 games last year or whatever but yeah i guess they thought that the team was going to figure it all out and come back and be great and dude they can't they can't stop anyone their defense has to be like i would assume is pretty low ranked because they are not stopping anyone i'm pretty sure wake put up like 90 on them today Quite easily, too. Like, they were up. I think they put up 50 in the first half, potentially. It was close. North Carolina has the 46th ranked defense on Ken Palm there. 38th overall. Jesus. Well, speaking out my ass, but what else do we expect? I mean that's not good. That's it's not extreme, but I'm not. It's not exactly a counterpoint to you either. Yeah, they put up. Uh, Wake put up 47 and 45. In the two halves, granted UNC put up sixty in the second, but they they lost that game handedly. So I, I am I have I have some sports news on in the background. Apparently, so what, what did we say? LeBron needs thirty six to break the record. The over under for him on this game is thirty two and a half. Yeah, no uh, no torture chamber to fucking whoop his ass, but. I, Adam Silver called in a hit on Lou Dort to <laughs> make sure he wouldn't be out there to fuck this up. They got him on national TV. Dude, Maybe like I the, should go throw a little money on LeBron. I wonder what it, 
exactly 36 points is for him. I'll have to look and up. then like the the over under for the game because it gets a thunder tonight, right? Yeah. That it's like the over under according to what I was seeing earlier tonight was like 240 points. Yeah, the Thunder Which just got fucking smacked ridiculous. by the Warriors. Yeah, they got smacked by the Warriors the other day. I mean, uh, Warriors put up one forty-one on them. Oh, Jesus! Granted, the night That's before, what it's like in the NBA these yeah, days. Man. I mean, two nights prior, the Thunder put up, uh, yeah, one fifty-three on the Rockets. What the fuck? <laughs> um, it's, I'm trying. It's a rough product out there. I don't need to get get on a tangent here, but it legitimately. It's all subjective, but I I find it so much more entertaining to watch a competitive college basketball game where you can have like defenses actually suffocate offenses for minutes on end sometimes, and a lot of scramble and action, missing shots, and and have you know a game be sixty to fifty sometimes than an NBA game where it's a hundred fifty to a hundred thirty because they're all just so fucking automatic and they, and they just swing it around and make threes all night. You know, that's uh, plus one Oh two, by the way, Sam for 36 or Ooh. more. That's not that good. Well, yeah, I was hoping for like plus plus one twenty. <laughs> so I actually have one last deal before we move on from basketball. So Sam, I listened to KU Texas. Was that last night? Two night in the last yes, night. Sir. Yeah. Um, and you know what? Like that's the first time I've listened to a basketball team that has that much fan support or I've listened to KU before, but like they made me want to go see a game at the fog. Let's do it. (laughs) I'm always, I dude, I'm, I'll get in the fucking car and we can make it happen. It's, it's a bucket list. I've been to one in my life and it was not even against, it was, it was against Longwood university and we beat the shit out of them, obviously. And it was fucking awesome in there, dude. It was rocking the whole time. It, 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 was, it was really fun. I was just a kid. So I, I I love that you pointed that out. And yeah, I could fucking nerd out over it all day. We should go to a game. Yeah, we're time. going to OUKU on Saturday down here. Yeah. Rocking Lloyd Noble Center. Take notes for the podcast. We'll, uh, we'll do a game. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I got the Sweet. scouting report for OU right now, which is <laughs> god fucking awful. Okay, yeah, so that's what you guys are doing Saturday. I, Saturday, well, Friday and Saturday, will be curling, so we'll both have our reports. Which one's uh, which one's more athletic, a curler or an, a college basketball player? Uh, who's more <laughs> athletic, a, a curler or two guys watching a basketball game? <laughs> that's a tough one. I can give you curling over one. a NASCAR driver, though. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's, let's move on to a sport with lots of good athletes, allegedly. Uh, Super Bowl. So, I mean, Super Bowl Sunday. We have, uh, we got Eagles. We got Kansas City Chiefs. Colin, take us away. All right. And what, so we got what we wanted out of the NFC, in my opinion, which was the Eagles there. I Just for an entertainment standpoint, I thought, there's a chance that the Niners could be a letdown, but we got the, got the Eagles. Didn't matter who came out of the AFC. They're going to play quite well. And so got a very interesting matchup. I mean, this is all you can hope for in the Super Bowl. If it's not in an interesting matchup, something's gone terribly awry. But, I mean, there's Mahomes' health still is a question mark. Like, it, you know, he's got two weeks to get off his ankle how mobile will he be or what? Like, you know, no one's going to fucking tell us how healthy he is. They couldn't tell us how fucking healthy he was 
before the the Bengals game. So I think that's a big question mark, especially against the Eagles pass rush, which we saw against the Niners, who the Niners have a pretty damn good line, got fucking smoked. So there's just it it makes it very interesting to see what'll happen uh this weekend with just a non and like the what I think Sam said the Eagles' biggest like defensive weakness was their uh rush defense, if I remember correctly. That is correct. They just they played from ahead so frequently this season that they barely ever would get exploited on that. So yeah, and it, and not just that, it's you're playing a Chiefs team that doesn't run the football. So that like will will the Chiefs pivot from letting Mahomes do fucking everything to let Pacheco get take some carries and try and do some work or and exploit that weakness? That's a bit of a question mark. But it, I, it's just going to be a very good game. The Chiefs' defense showed up pretty damn well against uh, the Bengals. So I, I don't know if we'll get, you know, high scoring or low scoring, weirdly defensive matchup. It'll be interesting. The Bengals' offensive line is not the Eagles' offensive line. So let's, that let's is also there. true. And they were hurt. <laughs> and the Bengals' line well, was hurt. They were down two, right? Yeah. They yeah, were down two starters, two and those two starters are yeah that that offensive line is nowhere near the Eagles' offensive line. Yeah, I mean it was just it well you, I, it was hard to tell because the Bengals had those same guys. I'm pretty sure it's the same guys missing for the Bills game, and the Bills didn't do yeah. fuck shit against them. So it was it was hard to gauge going into that game how much they were going to be missed when they weren't missed the game before. Which obviously it was they were heavily missed. But so, so so tell me why I'm wrong here. I I just think the Eagles are just gonna run away with this one. Because they've not like okay, Kansas City throughout wow. the season has shown that they sh- like they have struggles. Like that's the, just different games against different opponents, they like would just struggle throughout the season. The Eagles, I don't feel have struggled in like anywhere. And, and I just feel like they're going to run away with this one. Uh, so that's the thing. I think the Eagles win. I could see them at, you know, winning by over a touchdown for sure. Maybe to get two scores, but it's just hard to just mentally rationalize with how good Mahomes is and how good he's looked so often since especially since they had their you know offensive line fixed after the destruction against uh, Tampa Bay a few years back how like how you can count them out and I know that's really corny to say and I don't like saying it but man I mean I thought him being injured against the Bengals was going to have more impact than it did and that I mean he outplayed Burrow who was healthy he easily outplayed Burrow in that game so it's just Will the defense make, you know, those couple stops they may need? Or will the Eagles falter on the big stage because they're not, they haven't been there? And a lot of those players haven't been that far in the playoffs. I, I will it's say, just, I think it's Kansas, tough. I think Kansas City and that, that Frank Clark defensive line is going to be a very, very strong test against the Eagles offensive line. Yeah, no, that's why, that's why it's just like, I, I think the Eagles win. I just can't count out. Mahomes and the Chiefs when they have enough of you know enough of the pieces there to easily stay in that game and even win it yeah I have a hard time saying they're gonna get run away from I guess we I mean we did see it a couple years ago the Chiefs pretty much got run over by the Bucks but uh 
I, I think it's going to be a competitive one. I certainly wouldn't bet on the Eagles to yeah, we saw blow a few. them out. I'm, I, I'm curious, Dylan. I think I wonder if you could honestly get some action on like an alternate line on that. I might You'd probably look. get a decent little payout. Because right now, when I looked at it today, and we'll talk about more of this in the betting, but right now the line's one and a half Eagles. Which I think yeah. is a little tight. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, it keeps a certain, uh, other numbers quite nice, in my opinion. But we'll we'll really delve into the betting portion later. Uh, I just it, it's it's going to be a good game. I'm I'm at least I hope so. There's just nothing nothing there at least on paper where I'm disappointed or I could see it being a disappointing game. You're good. We're going to see like, this is a really interesting matchup. If you just look at how they're coached and the way they like to play. So uh, obviously you have Kansas city who wants to try and throw it 70 times a game if they can. And like that, your running backs are catching the ball. You're, you're, you're not running the ball a whole lot. Like we, like we just said, but then you have, you know, the Eagles with Miles Sanders, who is maybe one of the like least pass catching running backs in the NFL right now, who's, you know, they have a good traditional run game between him and Boston Scott uh, that, that I don't think uh, Kansas city has. It's just two very different styles of offense where you actually have incorporated quarterback runs versus a quarterback who just has to extend plays with his legs. Yeah, no, there. Uh, so, yeah, I was actually miles. I was looking through props and spoiler. I did not bet this, but uh, fucking Miles Sanders over under on receiving yards was three and a half. Yeah, not a pass catcher. They, they don't yeah, incorporate they, him like that. That's 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 just a bit <clears throat> wild. And I to me to see such a low number for like a primary running back, even on like play, you know, one play action play that he ends up being dumped off to or something. That that was just wild to see how low that was. Well, because Boston Scott's the one getting those getting those receiving guards from him. I mean, they put him in kind of the their you know their, their spread well. quote unquote formations where they want to get guys spread out there. But uh, I mean, what's do you know what the rushing yards for uh, Miles Sanders is at? Um, well, I think it was like 60, sixty and a half. I think I'd smash the under on that in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't like that one. I I think I bet on him to get a touchdown. I think I might have put that as one of my bets last week. Uh, uh, rushing yards is yard sitting, total. I don't like. I yeah. Rushing I, yards sixty three and a half under well, gonna, his neg one oh eight. Last time I saw, well, I'm, I'm going to write that one down because I'll probably go take that later if it sticks around the same sticks around the same line. I think the under on that in the Super Bowl. Because he's like, you yeah, know, they're, they're run reasonable. first. He's the run first option, but also it's 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 Super Bowl. I run. mean, if the game script goes poorly, they may not be running the ball very much either. So that right. is right, <clears throat> obviously on the table. That's a lot of yards for somebody who's not the focal point of your offense. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. So. But- Okay. Okay. Who do we? Let, let, we'll talk about line and stuff, obviously, in the betting. But okay, who do who do you have, Colin? Eagles. 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 Sam. I'm reluctantly on the Chiefs. I don't have that much conviction behind it. I and I think the Eagles are the more complete team. But I think that I, I'm pretty much just putting my faith in Patrick Mahomes and, and banking on being on the right side of history. Doing that, he tends to come through. We'll see if he's got another one in him. 
It's going to be a hell of a game, though. I think it could come down to whoever has the ball last, and if if it's Kansas City, I'll feel good about it. So I do want to let Colin talk, because he's going to take us through some more Super Bowl stuff in uh, Colin's captain corner. But before we do that, we're going to try this again. Uh, Sam, because Colin's ruffling through his papers. Uh, Sam, give me one oddly specific prediction for the Super Bowl, if you remember how we did this last time. Yeah, okay. I, I do vaguely remember this. Oh, man. Like, right. very who specific. I, who do I want to shout out? Uh, okay, see, I, I didn't have the balls to bet on this, uh, or to bet on his, his rushing total. But I think that Isaiah Pacheco, despite not being remotely a focal point of Kansas City's offense, he's going to get his handful of carries, and he is so fucking explosive with the ball in his hands and fun to watch. I'm going to say he breaks a 45-yard touchdown run from, like, about his own 20 into opposing territory around, I guess, it leaves you at the 35, mid-third quarter, something like that. Big momentum play when they haven't really been expecting the run game or doing a whole ton in the run game. He's going to make something happen, and it's it's going to be it's going to be a pit bull one. What, what quarter? Just pick a quarter, and that'll be specific Third enough. quarter. I'll say third, third quarter. Third quarter. All right, Colin, what's your oddly specific prediction for the Super Bowl? Fuck. <laughs> um, th- Ooh, fuck it. I'm going to go with, oh, man, would it be Kelsey to do it? Kel- uh, I don't know. Oh, uh, <laughs> man. I'm trying to figure out who would be the motherfucker to do some bullshit flea flicker, be the one throwing the ball. Uh, I, I fuck it. I'll just, you know what? I say the chiefs do a Philly special to, to the Eagles. I, I, I can't be, I don't, do you want more specific than that? Oh, that you got, I you feel like tell me, you got to tell me who's throwing the ball, who's throwing it and who's catching it. All right. Fuck you. Uh, Kadarius Tony's going to throw it to <laughs> Mahomes in the second quarter. Man, that's early to be pulling some shit like that. I mean, the fucking Eagles. When did the Eagles pull the Philly special against uh, whoever the fuck they beat? God damn it. I, don't I think it was remember. actually at the end of the second quarter, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so I mean, I could see it being like a going close to halftime type move, trying to reinvigorate the offense to, and really like almost like the Saints onside kick to the Colts, like something to really just spur the fucking team on for the rest of the game. You know what I wish I had thought of is something that Kansas City flashed a little bit, and it didn't work in the Cincy game, which makes me honestly think it wouldn't have been that good of a, of a prediction here because, you know, the, the Eagles will have seen some tape of it, which Cincy probably <laughs> had not, as I don't remember Kansas City doing it before. But they had at least twice, like in, in close succession in the first half of the game against the Bengals, the Chiefs ran what looked like a little bit of a designed hook and ladder sort of thing with, like, Kelsey catching it around the right hash and then McKinnon being a couple yards like shallower down the field out towards the sideline and looking to like draw the defense and, and do like a quick little flick on a lateral to the guy flanking on the outside. Uh, who knows? Maybe the, maybe they're starting to get That's... as innovative as me and Madden with the play designs in Kansas City, and and they could break something out and hit for a huge game. That was roughly cool. my inspiration for what I was thinking. Was like, gotcha. That's why I was like, would Kelsey throw it? And then I, if I'm thinking behind the line of scrimmage, the bell. I, that's and that motherfucker. Damn it! Oh, God, <laughs> God damn it! Forgot the goddamn goat. 
Okay, so my oddly specific Super Bowl prediction. The Eagles are going to come out in the, say, in the first quarter on first quarter on the uh, Chiefs uh, in the Chiefs red zone or near. Okay, let's not say red zone within the Chiefs 25 yard line. They're going to come out in a double tight end set and they're going to like Jack Stoll. Uh, that Nebraska alumni Jack Stoll really good blocking tight end is going to do this little like flat route and he's going to gain one yard when they throw it to him and he's going to get tackled immediately and he's going to gain one yard and that's going to be his one reception the entire game <laughs> and Dylan's going to jump out of his seat <laughs> fucking fired up <laughs> he's going to have one reception for one yard and it's going to be somewhere between the 25 and the 20 and uh, on a flat route and a double tight end set so, uh, what else do you guys want to mention on the Super Bowl before Colin jumps in to, I would assume, maybe some props, maybe some past Super Bowl stuff, maybe, you know, current Super Bowl betting lines? I don't have too much else, although I did get a kick out of Brandon Ayuk pretty much serving as the, the shit talk from Kansas City uh, from his seat at home on, on his Niners decorated couch. He, I don't know if you've seen any of this, but Brandon Ayuk has, has had multiple comments this week about how the Eagles got lucky that you know the Niners QBs got hurt because they were actually going to expose the Eagles defense. And he said, if I if I were to bet on this game, I would take all the money in, in all my bank accounts and and I would put all that shit on Kansas City because oh, they're going to expose Philadelphia. <laughs> and Kansas City's not talking that shit, but I bet they don't really appreciate Ayuk doing it and getting getting Philly you know <laughs> like extra riled up and pissed off and something more to prove. Dude, yeah, no, fuck that. That <laughs> that's about at that's just a hair less pathetic than Micah Parsons telling Lane Johnson to go win it for the division. I think it's way less pathetic. I get, I got a kick. I mean, I don't think Ayuk like comes off as like a bad, a badass for saying this shit after yeah. getting smoked. But I, I kind of get a kick out of him saying that, and I appreciate him saying that and that kind of shit talk in the league. The Parsons thing, I think, is embarrassing. I mean, that's a bitter rival, and you're gonna, you're gonna go tell him to win a Super Bowl. Go out there and, and get it, guys. Parsons is just insufferable from every angle, especially behind. So, uh, you know, you gotta you gotta take what you can get with him. I I, I wouldn't want to take what I can get with him. <laughs> yeah, but you don't have a choice. Uh, that what, what do they call that drill where you lay down on your back and then on the whistle you have to jump up and like take each other out? Oh, the Oklahoma drill? No, without the blockers. The one where, not, whatever. No, Oklahoma drill. Is, Oklahoma drills two blockers, two runners, or a runner, uh, sorry, two two linemen, and then a runner and a quote unquote linebacker. Okay. But no, 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 I'm talking about I, the one where you're like so Colin versus Micah Parsons, where Colin's got the ball, and we're all in a circle around around these two guys cheering them on, and then uh, when uh, I, I don't fucking care who blows the whistle, they have to jump up. And uh, Mike Parsons has to tackle Colin before he can get outside the circle. Micah Parsons is, in fact, erect while this is occurring. (laughs) (laughs) And then they both cry after. I think think both are the Oklahoma drill, by the way. uh, (laughs) No, the Oklahoma drill is the four guys, but whatever. Um, 
Colin, why don't you take us into your section of our Super Bowl discussion with Colin's capping corner this week? All right, so we won't go di- we won't it won't be strictly capping to start us off. We're going to do good, bad and ugly, but just as Super Bowl since it's Super Bowl week, it's our Super Bowl oriented podcast, whether it's good like memories fitting into each of those categories or old bets that you can recall uh, that fit into each of those categories. Just something in, in tribute to the Super Bowl and an end of the NFL season. Sam, why don't you kick us off? Okay, yeah, I, I will kick us off. I would like to, uh, I would like to circle back just for a moment and say that I believe neither of those things is the Oklahoma drill, and Dylan Oklahoma drill is more of just a one-on-one. Basically, it's like you line up as a, a DT and a center, and just like fucking go through each other. Okay. Uh, I knew the Oklahoma yeah. drill was like Sorry, a runner and a linebacker. Wanna, yeah, save, save our, our respect here as an Oklahoma drill respecting <laughs> podcast. But um, So, yeah, good, bad, ugly on the Super Bowl. I will start off. We, we mentioned this. De- Dylan, you were courteous enough to shout me out in my introduction as the president of the Devin Hester <laughs> fan club. Um, no better Super Bowl memory for me than what is honestly one of my formative sports memories as a kid um kind of as I, I was getting into football i didn't really follow and appreciate the 2006 07 chicago bears super bowl runner-up team as it was going down enough i was kind of getting into football towards the end of that year and then the rest of my fucking life since but uh <laughs> devin hester still, still trying first, to get into it <laughs> no, I'm, I'm too far gone now but uh devin hester First player in Super Bowl history to return the opening kickoff for a touchdown. It was it was in the rain in Miami. It was it, he was already my favorite athlete, uh, my first favorite athlete really. And he went and took that shit back, and I I, I just started you know believing in fate and the Chicago Bears are, the, are this team of destiny and and sports are perfect. And then the the remaining fifty nine minutes and forty five seconds of that Super Bowl happened, and and it all went south from there for me, but. That was was kind of a magical memory for me, for sure. The, the Devin Hester kick return. So interesting, interesting thing I want to touch on. So I, you guys probably heard this too, because it's it's like it's not even just in sports news; it's in all kinds of news. Uh, Eighteen of the last twenty-one Super Bowls, uh, you're if you had plus money on uh, that the opening kickoff would be for a touchback you would have won 18 out of the last 21 Super Bowls. And so Sam just mentioned one that definitely, that was one of the three that did not hit that. That's that's a good point. I, I'm curious. I bet that's not plus money anymore these days. But uh, It may not be today, but... Yeah. Either way, still might be, be worth going at. Um, for bad, so I, I didn't really have a whole ton of, uh, I guess, that I thought were, were bad memories. I have one, I guess, in mind for ugly but so for bad, I would actually just go back and, and highlight what I thought was a really damn good Super Bowl, one of the best of our lifetimes, and that would be, I believe it was 2009, the Cardinals and the Steelers. Um, and, and this one, you know, Larry Fitzgerald had this heroic play rumbling down the field late in that game to take the lead for the Cards. I believe I think it was maybe around halftime. James Harrison had the 99-yard pick yeah. six for the Steelers. That was to end the first half. Yeah, okay. And, uh, you know, it comes down to that 
incredible fucking just picturesque toe tap catch by Santonio Holmes in the back corner of the end zone, the, the dime from Ben Roethlisberger. That I was I was very strongly rooting for the Cardinals because how could you not? You know the Steelers at that point were still kind of one of the model franchises of the NFL. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, real high character guy at QB. <laughs> you know <laughs> there was just a lot to to really chip away at with the Steelers. So I wanted to see Kurt Warner and Larry Fitz and and the boys in Arizona get it done. Uh, I was I was pretty heartbroken on their behalf when it didn't work out, but. That's still that Super Bowl was so damn good. Like you can go back and rewatch that shit start to finish today, and, it, and it's it's worth your time. It's it was a, an incredible game. Absolutely. And uh, lastly, ugly. I was glad I, I got to go first because to me this was 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 the low hanging fruit for an ugly Super Bowl. But it would be from the year that the Bears got double doinked out of the playoffs. <laughs> the NFC champions that year were the Los Angeles Rams, led by Jared Goff, um, against the New England Patriots, who got there by D4 jumping offside when Tom Brady threw what should have been a season-ending pick against Kansas City. Um, and so the Rams that uh, the Rams got in from the DPI that wasn't called against the Saints. So, like, two teams that kind of that. fell... Yeah, there's a, there's a hell of a domino effect of all of all the shit that that has has set off for the Saints, but uh, <laughs> Sean Payton coaching fucking Russell Wilson now, but we don't need to get into that. But uh, the Super Bowl that year, basically, of two teams that kind of fell ass backwards into it, very arguably should have lost in their conference championship games, if not for strokes of luck, basically. Um, and the result, I believe the final score in that game was 13-3 to New England. I didn't check to verify that, so <laughs> that's, that's my bet if not. But if my memory serves me right, 13-3 to Patriots, probably the most boring and unwatchable Super Bowl of my lifetime that I can remember since I've started following football. And that includes the blowouts like the Seahawks and, and Broncos or whatever. Uh Awful Super Bowl. Jared Goff looked helpless out there. The Pats' <laughs> offense wasn't good either. It never really felt like the Rams had a chance, but it was technically kind of close the whole time. So you kept watching <laughs> and thinking maybe, and then eventually, thank God, it fucking ended. Yeah, that was that was an absolutely fucking horrible. That that has to be the worst Super Bowl in recent memory. I feel like at least any time within uh, like last decade, if not longer. Oh, this one doesn't make my list, but I think uh, that fuck like twenty sixteen ish. That would have been that that Panther. Ah, uh, no, it was twenty fifteen. Broncos. No, twenty fifteen when the Broncos were in it. Yeah, they beat Carolina. Well, but no, no, that was twenty sixteen. They were the Broncos were in it two years in a row, right? With uh, twenty fourteen and fifteen. Okay, Seattle beat the shit out. Four, okay, that's what I'm thinking. Okay, yeah, one of the worst fucking because like just. Peyton Manning, forty-three to eight. Three, if I'm two not or three, mistaken. fuck it. Like, were there were there multiple safeties in that game on Peyton Manning? I don't, I don't, like, I don't remember like losing snaps. I, I remember he had the one go over his head. Yeah, like first play or whatever. Which, I don't know how he early. got that over his fucking forehead, but all right. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay, okay yeah, yeah. I just had to Strong go snap. back on that one. <laughs> yeah, I, that's the thing. I don't mind that one. You know, that one had. Just a weird amount of fucking 
I guess it was Marshawn Lynch, which was a super likable guy, and it's sort of the coming of Russell Wilson, like be, what we thought was going to be a star, and which he's just absolutely ruined for now. And I believe. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I You're believe good. though that that uh, Seahawks team made that Super Bowl by way of the Packers fucking up that onside kick where Brandon <laughs> that's, that's when they was their supposed pants. to for Jordy Nelson and it was it was gonna they were gonna fucking win, but he just he had to be the hero. He went up and tried to catch it himself and he couldn't do it. And oh man, Seattle <laughs> came back and got him. Oh, uh, that was a good, good day. Where Damn, do you think I where do you think not. where do you think Jordy Nelson's driving in his tractor today? <laughs> he's I don't know, man. He's just he is plowing them fields and whistling and smiling, living the good life. I could he's, not have told gonna, you that Wes gonna, Welker was on that team. Oh yeah, Jordy's gonna take him to Aaron Rodgers' uh, lawn while Aaron's in his four day sensory deprivation prison. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I can't believe we forgot to mention that shit. For the he's shutting himself in a dark room for four days <laughs> to try and hallucinate to decide if he should fucking retire. <laughs> four days, man. That, that how do you not just go? Maybe forty-eight hours. You're like four days. <clears throat> fucking do a full work week at that point, at minimum. I feel like after forty-eight hours, you gotta yeah. you gotta go longer. Four days is a weird, a weird middle ground to land on. <laughs> he's got a month, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, he's got a he's got a while, but yeah, that's the fucking that's his own disaster. But Dylan, what do you got for us then for good, bad, and ugly memories of the Super Bowl? Okay, so my good uh, last year Bengals Rams. I won our prop pool. By like a landslide. Like I think the best it was like there's like something like twenty bets on there, and I think the best anybody had was like eight or nine or maybe ten. And then I blew it away with having fifteen or sixteen of them. So I, that felt pretty good, and I won. I don't know. That was like a ten or twenty dollar buy in, so I probably made fifty bucks off that. Uh, so yeah, I forgot about. That. Thanks for reminding me. I I no, I just screenshotted the guy who I get it from's uh, prop sheet, and I'll send it into the group. Because like I basically put everything down as in the Rams were going to win that thing and they were going to win it like handily, at least handily on offense, and that it, it it all worked out. Oh, and also just I don't know who's doing the national anthem this year, but unless it's somebody who's known for singing short national anthems, always take the over. Always take the over. That is, that is fair. Um, I'm looking up who's doing it. It's Chris Stapleton. I feel like he could really drag yeah. that fucking shit out. I think he could. I'm actually. I didn't know that though. I'm. I, I look forward to hearing that. He's a talented motherfucker. He's gonna. He's he like gonna. Did, uh, he just did a collaboration with Stevie Wonder. I think yesterday for he, the Grammys. He's gonna. He's That's gonna go weird. into a like part like just the refrain like the chorus of Tennessee whiskey in the middle of his. Uh, in the middle, I, standing <laughs> ovation from my couch, Chris. <laughs> in the middle of the national anthem, you just hear the the chorus from from Tennessee whiskey, and then you know, uh, my bad uh, actually kind of aligns with Sam. So Super Bowl forty three, uh, I wanted to see Kurt Warner get a proper send off because he is just such an interesting story in the league and is kind of the rare guy in the league who I think kind of deserved it. Uh, and that also kind of kickstarted my hatred of the Steelers. 
you know, not, not that I was like a fan or anything before that. It just, i never really cared. And now ever since I've, I've always had a sour taste in my mouth whenever I've had to like not root for the Steelers, but when I've had like watch the Steelers or against whoever the hell they're playing. Um, so, so that, that's, that, that's a bad. And my ugly is an ugly for, because it makes me hate myself a little bit. So, I rooted in Super Bowl 49, Pat Seahawks. I rooted for the Patriots. Uh, and, and that, that hurt me. It was nice when they won because I really, really hated the Seahawks that year. Cause that was like the year absolutely everybody's jumping on the band bandwagon. Everybody either has a Seahawks hoodie or a Seahawks flat bill in 2015, 2014, 2015. And so, yeah, that, that that one hurt me a little bit, and that's why it's ugly because I, I had to root for the Patriots in that one. That's what I got. All right, so I was I was able to incorporate some betting into mine, and I Sam will know one of mine quite quickly, I believe. But we'll start with the good. I think the Rams since he Super Bowl was one of the better ones, I, just especially in the past few years. Um, that. The only other really like really good one in the past few years, I feel like hurt me on a very emotional level. So I don't include that in good. But the Rams Cincy game was fantastic. And then the only good thing that came out of the Rams uh, Patriots Super Bowl was I had taken Brady to throw an interception in that game. And I'm pretty sure like his first passing attempt was an interception, like <laughs> popped up at the line that, or I, someone jumped the ever living shit of, a, I think like a curl type route to Gronk. And so I, I was able to be like, all right, cash that, you know, start the game off. Right. And then just to watch that disaster of a fucking game. So uh, the bad will be, See, I could put this under ugly as well because, again, it, it hurt me quite a bit and has turned me probably into a shitty fan of most of my teams, and that has to be the Falcons Super Bowl against the Patriots. Imagine, imagine <laughs> throw it, blowing a 28-3 to lead. In thank the Super you, Bowl, uh, in the thank, second half. Yeah, and, and to think we kept fucking Dan Quinn after that <laughs> and let Kyle Shanahan fucking walk and look where the fuck we are now. That shit, sorta... in, in fairness, and I agree that, you know, Kyle's the man and he should have stayed but <laughs> over Dan Quinn, but that shit was more on Kyle than on Dan Quinn, in my opinion. I uh, see. Y'all just threw the ball the whole, the whole damn second half and they figured it out. Yeah, no, that's blocks. yeah, that's that was fucking stupid, except, especially since we had capable running backs, but you know, obviously, knowing multiple fucking Patriots fans at the time in close quarters with one of them for that game, being getting drunk as shit by half, fucking effectively celebrating that we had it because I'm a fucking idiot, and just being able to just you know bitch at James for extended periods of time in between telling Cooper to turn his fucking music off as we're trying <laughs> yeah. to watch the game, uh, drunk in the kitchen. That, Oh no, he was just sitting behind us in the corner. <laughs> it's like in the corner, like, yeah. In what? Was it uh Kevin Gates out loud? And that was like <laughs> yeah, into so. the fucking laundry room to roll a blunt. That that's like that was the, pretty much how that game went. That's like the one Super Bowl I got to watch instead of listen to in college because the I would I was normally curling in Omaha that weekend, except that weekend that year it was a week later. 
Well, that's yeah. That's courteous of him. And I ended my night at uh, Kendall had to take me to IHOP because I I wanted something to eat because I was tanked out of my mind and I wanted <laughs> something that uh, would make me feel better. And some double chocolate chip pancakes did the trick a bit. Oh, you had a really white trash waitress who was talking shit to us about her other table, and I was like. You're good. I don't care. I'm having a shit night too. Wait, you didn't get you didn't get the navy silver and red pancakes at IHOP. I don't actually know what you're referring to. So pa- no Patriots colors on the on your on oh. your pancakes. Yeah. Oh. oh no, fuck off. Um, <laughs> and then the other one is a bad beat in a, in a betting sense. Uh, Sam and I both lost on this. And that is to the f- best female tennis player of all time, absolutely <laughs> fucking us on a prop bet. <laughs> she, uh, so Dylan, you've probably heard this before, but the prop was like, will the first couple be uh, shown on a commercial be interracial? And <laughs> no was plus money. And we were like, fuck yeah, let's take it. And the first commercial is Serena and you can't really tell what the commercial was for oh, like the, quite a bit of yeah. it. And then right at the end, she starts talking about like relationships and it was just suddenly clicks that, oh, fuck, she married, I think he's white. White dude from Reddit. Definitely, definitely interracial yeah. couple. And you're like, oh, fuck, are they going to show him? And they counted the portrait picture from their wedding as the first couple portrayed, which... <laughs> Which then we had to debate for a fucking little bit going, did that fucking count? Or is the next one, you know, I don't even remember what the next one was, but just fucking sort of refreshing Twitter (laughs) to see if any of the, you know, books we use were fucking saying what counted. And sure enough, that fucking counted. (laughs) Fucking one of the funnier, easily one of the funnier prop bets I've been a part of. But and it, and obviously hindsight is pretty damn funny. But that in that moment it was just no fucking way, man. Did that fuck? Is that going to get us? What's what's about to happen? And so that that's that's my bad beat and bad section. And I'm not going to hammer it home too much. My ugly was the Rams Patriots game because outside of the thing I included in my good on the gambling side, that game was abhorrent. And not only was it a shit show of a thirteen to three game, but Brady won another ring on the back of his fucking defense. He didn't do fuck all. I'm pretty sure Gronk caught. I'm pretty sure Gronk got the touchdown, and it was. We'll I mean, right. him rumbling over some motherfuckers afterwards to get in the end zone. So okay, here, fuck here's that a, Super Bowl. Here's a take. Um, God, why am I? Uh, uh, why am I blanking? Who's quarterback uh, for the for Falcons for all those years? Why am I blanking right now? Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan. Yeah, Matt, Ryan. Matt Ryan should have retired after that Super Bowl. Yeah, but then how would he have gotten to blow the largest the lead Bowl? in history as a Colt? <laughs> I don't think he should have retired after that Super Bowl, but I think he probably should have gone one more year, realized it wasn't going to, like, they weren't going to run it back, and then gone, all right, I'm fucking out of here. Him. His his legacy is only tarnished by his Colts appearances. Not really too much on how his shit fell out with the Falcons, in my opinion. Do, do you do y'all remember all of like the those two photos that were were floating around for that Super Bowl? So it was like it was Tom Brady's like underwear draft video picture where he just looks like some 
just normal dude because he's not like particularly yeah. in shape or anything or wasn't at Before the time. Before he had the money to do all the facial work too. Yeah, and he just kind of looked like a, you know, like I said, just a just a dude. Uh, and then there's Matt, like also that picture of Matt Ryan at a party wearing a bra. And and like there's there's floating around like these are your Super Bowl quarterbacks. Hey man, don't tell you <laughs> don't don't, don't let it bra pick. That's that you mention it, I remember it. But yeah, that's yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Look up, look up Matt Ryan, Sam. Look up Matt Ryan bra. I'll have to I'll have to file him away with Kenny Stills then in the just learn something about you category. <laughs> <laughs> but the that that like. You know, I don't think I have that many memorable moments f- from pre-college on the Super Bowl. Just I, I, this Arizona Steelers one does ring, ring. You know, memorable. That's you know, <laughs> that that guy led the two worst collapses in NFL history. Ah, good stuff. All right. Well, we will move on from shaming Matt Ryan, although it's okay to shame him, to our Super Bowl bets. I, you know, they've had a bit of time to look at props, whether we remember to or not, or figured it out in the last, you know, hour. But, you know, it's it's one of the most bet events in sports, and it's got some of the most absurd props available, as we have discussed a little bit. So, yes, Dylan, we can see him. <laughs> <laughs> but Dylan, do you have what do you have on the Super Bowl? For uh, us? I didn't know I was supposed to only have Super Bowl props. So give me. I, I mean, mean, you can have more than that. It's this weekend, but I think you know. I figure you got some stuff for the Super Bowl. Give us whatever you got for the weekend. Uh, okay, uh, I do have. You know, l- l- give me give me three that I'm I'm going to bet on. One of which I've already hit. Uh, I've already put money down on. I mean, easily yeah. give me Eagles minus one and a half. That's it's you know minus one ten even money, uh, one unit. Um, just because I think the Eagles win by more than that. Uh, because like I said, oh, uh, right. I see. I feel like the Eagles have shown a lot fewer weaknesses than the. And there, there's no, there's not the injury questions on the Eagles quite like there is on the Chiefs that really, really impact uh, the outcome of the game. Uh, what did you say uh, Miles Sanders was at? Because give me the – is like 61 or 63? 63 and a half, neg 108 on the under. Give me the under on that one. <laughs> I just don't see it as not being the focal point of that offense, and, and they're going to key it. They're, they're going to know if he's touching the ball that it's going to be on the run game. So, yeah, they're going to key yeah, that's it. That's what sort of shocked me when, when you're saying that he doesn't, like, catch at all. Because like, that's just such a – piss poor dead giveaway of what like your play type is going to be and i mean i get that he can't he might not be good at it well, i mean that's, i mean if he can pass block then it doesn't really yeah give and, away and he play. can he can pass but he he's just like he's not i don't want to call him not a modern running back but he's not like yeah the prototypical that's, that's, modern that's, that's fair i didn't i didn't back. even think about i didn't think too much even about just pass blocking i because isn't he a small motherfucker Kind of, but but no, I mean, you can. He's got a good body type. Yeah, yeah I mean, he, NFL, I mean, that, that can obviously happen. I think I have. Oh, he's five eleven. For some Cause, reason, cause I thought he was like my. I I mean, I was thinking he was in. Uh, 
like five seven to five nine territory. I thought he was a short motherfucker because he was serviceable in fantasy. Not because and we had a PPR league, but he was serviceable, but never like elite. Just because he would get into the end zone a lot, but you were reliant on his rushing yardage a hundred percent. And then I am also I, I think it's this prop sheet you sent me. I don't know what the lines are on you know where I'll actually be able to bet this, but I, I mentioned this earlier. Give me the uh, give me the over in the uh, national anthem right here. It says 127 seconds. I think that's actually less than the over under was last year. So give me the over on that. Uh, and then uh, I got a couple other little bets that are not Super Bowl related. So I'm gonna I'm gonna follow Colin and do some soccer betting. Yeah. So give me give me Liga Two. That's a Romanian league. Uh, I have. Oh, you motherfucker! <laughs> You're shitting me right now. I have a, a Dinamo Bucharesti uh, as half a point favorites over FC Porto. Uh, that's plus one hundred five odds on that. So give me that all day. And then uh, back to snooker since it hit last week. Uh, give me Robert Milkins money line minus one hundred five. That's tomorrow at five a.m. <laughs> Um, can, can you spell that last name? Robert Milkins. So Robert and then Milk INS. Okay. See, I didn't know if it was going to be an I or an E. Sorry. Uh, so, so yeah, but, but Liga uh, two, that's like the second tier Romanian league. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought you're doing Spanish league two and I was like, okay, I don't even go there, but that's like respectable. And then you just fucking, you, you laid off on fucking giving us Romania right away. Are you doing this in honor of Dragos or something? Uh, no, it just came up. It came up and I liked the line. What, uh, what day is that? Uh, that's tomorrow at like one. The soccer is like tomorrow at one forty-five. Our time, I think okay. the snooker is like 5 a.m. tomorrow, our time. Oh, yeah, I'll post the snooker tonight before I go to bed, but and I then, just needed to see when the Romanian one was so I could sell <laughs> the fucking teams. <laughs> and then give me... God damn. <laughs> and then on my flyer, because any picking any race winner is always a flyer, unless it's MotoGP and it's... Uh, uh, somebody at the socks and ring, but uh, no, give me NASCAR. They're at Daytona this week. It's uh, we're, we're 20, 22 years AD. That's after Dale at Daytona. Uh, <laughs> give Should've me trained out. Should've worked his neck. Give me, give me DeMar. I mean, Denny Hamlin plus 1200 at Daytona. Uh, Denny wow. Hamlin plus what? Plus 1200. Oh, 1200. Which, right. granted, that's there's like four guys who like the top four odds are all plus twelve hundred because betting on NASCAR is fucking stupid. Uh, <laughs> what? When did you? When did who? Did you, what was the? What? You said Dynamo Bucharesti. Yeah, that's that's Romanian Liga two. Yeah, no, I'm looking at it. Who are they playing? FC Porto. What? Unless unless I, I read the wrong day, I could I could show you on my yeah. Right I'm here. looking at their fixtures, and they play Campalung tomorrow. Who could be that team? FC Porto's a top flight uh, <laughs> uh, Portuguese team. 
just for the record, <laughs> even the international sports book, like even the sports book doesn't have this shit right. Let me. Uh, no, let this is like my top, like this is what I use for all of my scores <laughs> for soccer and track all my shit. And I'm sitting there going, <laughs> "What the fuck are you talking about?" Yeah, they play <laughs> tomorrow's the eighth, right? They play Camp Along in a club friendly, which is another Romanian squad at six a.m. Is what I have scheduled. If you yes, have a gambling I have a problem, right here, call one eight hundred gambler. February eighth, twenty twenty three, at one forty five p.m. FC Porto at Dinamo Bucharesti. All right, well, I got you, pal. I'm, I'm. All I have to put is, I guess, the Dinamo Bucharesti portion. I. Uh, this is no, no, this if you, is if something. You, if you Google it. On, I don't know if any of. Wait, no, no, okay, no, no. This is what I fucking thought. Okay, so this is going to sound even more stupid to our uh, to our listeners, but this is handball and not soccer. Jesus fucking Christ! <laughs> oh, fuck out of here! I I was so beyond confused because I was like, they have a game tomorrow at six a.m. I'm looking at it, and it just does not say that team. Well, so, because I thought I had bet on handball, and then when I was doing research on the teams, after I'd placed a bet, they were coming up with soccer clubs, or football clubs. God damn. <laughs> so, do you better? It's handball with with two teams that have must be affiliated with their football clubs in some way. <laughs> it's Champions League handball. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, okay. So I'm correct about the Porto. That is a Portuguese team. I have now found it. Okay. See, now I found it. Now I'm less confused. Yeah, it's Champions League, not Romania League Two. They are League Two in Romania soccer, as I as I just learned well, for the record. Because, because, like I said, I thought I fucked up when I placed the bet. So is it, did you say that was plus point five for them? They're, they're minus point five. I gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Well, Sam, please, please, <laughs> please take over gambling. What do you got for us this weekend? Dear Lord, man, I feel I feel like I I've got uh, apparently just just little league bullshit compared to y'all because I am sticking with American sports that get played in the PM hours and. <laughs> Our hemisphere hey. shit. Hey, this is getting uh, in the PM. So I've just got a few more Super Bowl, Super Bowl props, and I'll probably get into some of the more like jokey ones as we get closer to the game. I still haven't seen a whole ton available on the site that I'm still stuck using over here. But uh, I've got three, or at least for starters, I'm going Chiefs money line. You guys are on the Eagles. I respect that. I'm I'm zigging where you zag, and I'm taking the Chiefs money line for a unit at plus one hundred three. Um, a couple more props I am tossing into the mix. I have got Kenneth Gainwell over 19 rush yards. Um, that is for neg 110 odds. I've got a unit there as well. I feel he, I feel like he's a kind of a, a big hitter chunk guy in the place where they get him the ball. Good chance to me he hits that number. Um, and then lastly, I have the aforementioned by you earlier, Dylan, uh, Frank Clark to get a sack at plus 120. Frank Clark, fun fact, good player, not great. He is the third all-time leading sack getter in the NFL playoffs. Interesting. Behind Willie McGinnis and Bruce Smith. 
So I am banking on Frank Clark to continue uh, working his way up that leaderboard with at least one sack against the vaunted Eagles O-line and Jalen Hurts. There's always a good chance Hurts just accidentally tries to scramble into a sack as well. So I was actually looking at the sacks there, and him and Hassan Reddick were two standouts for me, but I didn't quite pull the trigger on either. Yeah, I didn't mind uh, the Reddick the Reddick bet either. I mean, he's had a sack, I think, in like his. Last I think his numbers were a little inflated, comparably those like Neg one sixty seven, yeah. and that's just a little too much for a, a yeah. player prop. I'm not familiar enough with but what i have i actually have a fair amount of stuff so far and it probably will build over the next few days we're going to start with the coin toss uh, just can't not bet it uh i believe it was heads last year so we're got we're on the tails train at neg 111 uh to start us off who's doing the toss professional ah shit i, I need to research that uh, we're going with the tails never fails, though. Uh, we, we'll see if I start the Super Bowl pissed off or not. It's a wise school of thinking. Tails does, in fact, never fail. Yep. So that's the that's the most in-depth stuff we got going on. Uh, Eagles, I have the, just their money line at neg 125. I'm going to put that down for three units. I am very confident they win this game. I am scared of Mahomes, but I'm very confident they win this game. Uh, everything else I have here will be one unit and going from there, I have team to commit first penalty, uh, Kansas city at negative neg one Oh five. I could see them potentially holding with Mahomes trying to scramble and buy some more time or PI against one of the Eagles receivers, uh, sticking with the penalty yards. I have public intoxication. <laughs> Uh, the Eagles over 42 and a half penalty yards. So I, I assume they get some like either holding penalties on with Hertz trying to scramble around or uh, just defensive holding, defensive pass interference unintentionally just while Mahomes extends a play. So at 40, 42 and a half, that's a couple holds and one long shot PI away from occurring. And, I have Mahomes under 20 and a half rushing yards at neg 109. Uh, especially easy. if I think, yeah, I think if he gets hit early too, he's going to be not moving too much. If he's still as hurt as we think he, I, at least I think he is. I'm going to jot that one down. I, I, I thought some of these were actually decent pulls. Uh, <laughs> I have Pacheco over 16 and a half receiving yards. I think there'll be have to be some plays. He gets some dump offs on and we showed he, I mean, he showed in the Bengals game. Once he has that ball, he's going to fucking run hard. So I think 16 and a half, if McKinnon's not getting in there very much or something, I could see him getting those yards on some, you know, just dump off passes that aren't designed for him. And then my last one, which is probably the biggest, uh, yeah, it's the only, only plus money one because that Pacheco one was neg 133 is a successful two-point conversion at plus 241. I think one of those teams may need it later in the game or, you know, a penalty occurs in the buildup. We saw Sirianni's not afraid to line up for two on multiple occasions in the playoffs, whether he goes for it or not. It's up to be, you know, to be determined. But I could see some trickery coming from either of these teams close to the goal line, if not a two-point like conversion. 
So I think at plus 241, I it seems like good money. I it, it seems like every other year there's a two-point conversion attempt. Maybe that's just bad memory on my part, but it definitely seems quite plausible and all you know, the only way it'll be a real bummer is if it's a fucking unsuccessful two-point conversion that occurs. Uh uh, another oddly specific prediction: If it goes to a two-point conversion, uh, Jack Stoll lines up as an H back and takes a direct snap and rushes in for a two-point conversion. <laughs> I think that, I mean, you're, you're officially <laughs> just into, into Delusionville. Is he Nebraska's only uh, active player in the Super Bowl? Uh, no, because I think there's uh, God. What's his name? The cornerback on the. Chiefs. Oh, is Lamar uh, Jackson on the Chiefs? No, actually, might be practice squad. I was thinking uh, I Lamar Jackson went to the Broncos, right? Um, I don't. Yeah, God, I can't even remember the fucking guy's name. Uh, DiCaprio Boodle. Wow, That's I remember that name. name. <laughs> Cam yeah. Taylor Britt was Nebraska, right? But he just got eliminated. Uh, yes, DiCaprio, uh, but also. Um, Samari, no, no. Um, fuck, somebody else from Nebraska was on the Bengals too. Um, wide receiver, whatever, doesn't matter. Uh, DiCaprio Boodle is a chief. So is he active? Do you know, yeah, he's uh, on the team, so he might, but he may not be active. But, but Jack Stoll is active. Yeah, that's why I was just curious if there was any more. Uh, the the Sooners have eight guys. Uh, on active and I believe 10 total if you include 10 or 11 total if you include practice squad or okay sorry six six Sooners on active I think it's eight or nine on the other on what I was on practice squads and shit because I know Kennedy Brooks is on a futures contract in the NFL for the Eagles and you know what even if I can't remember the other wide receiver the Bengals had another Husker Zach Taylor former Big 12 offensive MVP of 2007. Nebraska correct. three. So Zach Stoll, DiCaprio Boodles on the practice squad. This, so this is, I'm trying to see if that's active or what. Stanley Morgan Jr. is on the Bengals. That's who I was trying to think of. Oh, it's not going to tell me the active players. It says three on CBS. So you guys got more than you thought, pal. The good thing for us is that we know that nobody listening actually gives the, the slightest fuck. Oh, okay. Adamico Sue's on the Philly roster. Uh, yeah, yeah. Actually, he, he forgot plays about now. that. Yeah. Yeah. Looking at his name and going, "What is that?" I was like having to scroll back up to make sure I was on a current, like, current roster. Yeah, he got picked up. Oh, they picked it, up him and, uh, and Cam, Cam, Cam Jurgens is a backup offensive uh, lineman, yeah. like a reserve offensive lineman. He's on the contributes mainly on special teams and in a reserve role on the offensive line. So he's active. That that counts because he spent one year as a center, like as a starting decent center before being drafted way too early. So yeah, he's got he's got some learning to do. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, hey, that's more than most teams have in the Super Bowl, and those are all active, so that it counts. Those fucking count. Nebraska had like a 20, 30, 40-year streak that only ended a couple years ago of having former players in the Super Bowl. 
Well, yeah, sorry, what was that? From greatness. Nebraska had like State a decade-long streak of having players in the Super Bowl until like a couple of years ago. Gotcha. Yeah, so there is – what the fuck? This says seven because you got Jalen, Lane Johnson, Tyrese Robinson on the Eagles, but I didn't think he was active. That's what's confusing me. Creed and Orlando Brown with the Chiefs line, the belldozer. And then we don't forget long snapper James Winchester. Oh my god! For the Chiefs, both those boys have a ring. Creed, uh, Creed missed out on a ring, but I fit. Yeah, then Kennedy Brooks and I thought Tyrese Robinson didn't actually play, but oh, he's got a fair amount of fair amount of looks there. There's obviously the argument over uh, fucking Jalen, but lots of guys. Grant Calcaterra doesn't even count. Yeah, that's another. That's who I was forgetting. That's the three. It was Kennedy Brooks, uh, Calcaterra, and I think Robinson is on some funky contract or practice squad shit. Well, alrighty, Colin, that was that was that your us? good bad or not your good? Was that all your locks? Yeah, no, I I mean that was a fuck ton. I had seven different <laughs> ones, I think at least, and that that's just that's before I even find any fun commercial props. <laughs> How many interracial couples are being the first? Uh, whatever. <laughs> uh, We're gonna make it back this year. Any last <laughs> words? This is the fucking year. Any last words? Uh, uh, weagle, got... weagle, bitch. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fly eagles, fly. Not fuck that. I'm doing a little tomahawk chop here. You're not the, allowed to do that Kansas anymore. City Chiefs. You're not allowed they to do that anymore. Do it. <laughs> I'm gonna sad. If you, if you do, gonna... you're the Braves. It's not cool, but if you're the Chiefs, it's fine. You think Andy Reid's gonna draw mustaches on his players on the uh, on the flight there? <laughs> Certainly. Probably already. Who knows, He's man. also gonna get that Patrick Price though, so it's all gonna be worth it. <laughs> if he draws on Jackson Mahomes, he deserves the Patrick Price. Oh my god! <laughs> all righty. And that will conclude our garbage sports opinions for tonight. Go check out our Twitter at three planes SB. That's at the number three P L A I N S S B to keep up with our sports betting adventures and spreadsheet and keep an eye out for future episodes on Spotify, Apple podcasts, or wherever the hell else you get your podcasts from. And remember quitters never win big and big winners never quit. We're out of here. <laughs> <laughs>